Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. Tonight we're going to be in Psalm 23, and if you joined us right after, anytime after 701 or so when we began, I'd encourage you, this is such a a well-known passage, such a favored passage of Scripture, um, that if there's a verse that you particularly love, or a, a phrase, or a concept, or a truth, go ahead and share it tonight in the comments section. Uh, you might encourage someone else through a testimony. Uh, I guess this is one uh, one way where we can have, a, I can be speaking, I can be preaching, and I've seen it uh, where people are, are giving testimony. I love that. Um, it's the church uh, sharing God's Word with each other. So go ahead and do that even right now, but I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalm 23, uh, that favorite psalm that just happens to be where we are. We've been going through the, uh, the book of Psalms, God's hymnal, and we, we come to this one now. And uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon that called it the pearl in God's hymnal, and it, it is that, isn't it? Uh, you know, we'd be better off to lose most of the books in the world than to lose this one, uh, this one song in his hymnal. Uh, a, a beautiful collection of promises here in six verses penned by God uh, through David. And that brings us to what we always look at right away is what we call the superscription, that little italicized portion that's often underneath the chapter uh, heading. And here we see uh, just that. It's a psalm of David. David being the human author that God inspired to write this psalm. So um, we don't have what we've had in previous psalms. There's no to the chief musician uh, in this one. That's, that's typically something that would indicate that it's a song to be sung uh, for corporate worship. That doesn't mean this isn't one. I mean, honestly, the songs that we typically sing here, uh, the content of those is the content of Psalm 23. And uh, you know, there's nothing in there in this superscription about the contextual background like we have sometimes. Like it'll say David wrote this when he was in the cave of Adullam or something like that. We don't have that. We don't know, um, did David pen this psalm well, as a young shepherd boy out in the fields uh, watching his father's flocks? Or, or did he do it when he was shepherding God's people as he was king over them? Uh, later on in his life. And you know what? It, it doesn't really matter so much, and that's because the beautiful truths that are in this psalm, the precious promises that are in Psalm 23, are the daily experience of David. And they're the daily experience of you and I if we've trusted Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is our good shepherd. So uh, we're going to read verses 1 to 3. There, there's too many uh, amazing truths in this psalm to even try to get through it in, in probably two Wednesdays. So we're going to break it up. We're going to look at verses 1 to 3. Those verses focus on Jesus Christ, our shepherd, as uh, he is a provider for us. And then verses 4 to 6 focus on uh, Jesus Christ, our shepherd, who is our protector. So uh, let's read verses 1 to 3, and then we'll get into studying them together. It says, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters, and he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me 
in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All right, before we begin a study, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to lift up our prayer points uh, during this COVID crisis uh, where we're going to pray for protection. God has been good to Bladen County. He's answered our prayers. We're going to uh, pray for continued protection on our church, our community, our state, our nation, uh, and then healing for those who have it. Uh, we're also going to pray that we discern God's will in this situation, and we're going to uh, pray that, that we'd identify and then uh, actually participate in ways where we can reach out to others during this time. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, uh, we do come before you and, and first giving you praise because you've answered our prayers and that um, you've protected our community uh, from this, from this uh, virus, from this disease. And we ask you to continue to do that. Uh, also, our state, our nation, our, our world, Lord. And, and then for those who have this, we pray for healing. God, um, help us to understand why it is that you are sovereignly allowing this uh, in our lives right now. Uh, there could be different reasons, as many different reasons you're allowing this for as many different people that are, are, are pleading with you right now to know why, uh, why we're going through this. And, and so that's why we want to know why, because we want to learn. We want to know your will. And God, then help us once we understand it to respond in praise to you and, then, and to know that there are people all around us who don't have the hope and the, the, the peace that we have because of Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, help us reach out to them. Help us to be, uh, meet, be meeting tangible needs. Lord, when we, when we find one, if we can't meet it, let's uh, get somebody who can, uh, because that's what you want us to do uh, right now. And then, Lord, as we look into Psalm 23, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what he does in illuminating its truth to us. Such a well-known psalm. Lord, sometimes it's hard to study those because we know them so well, and we are prone to, to go through them quickly. God, your word is powerful. It's alive. Every word in Scripture uh, is, is something that we desperately need. Your whole uh, word to us, without a dull word, without a boring chapter. Uh, and so, God, help us to understand what you have for us here tonight and that it, it would transform us. That's what your word does when your Holy Spirit brings it to us. And I pray that he'd be doing that here tonight and throughout, uh, throughout our homes. That, that we would um, leave our meeting together different than when we came here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, um, you know, this psalm is, it's applicable to every moment, every circumstance, uh, every beat of our heart. Uh, there's so many marvelous comforts here. And the very first one is this in verse one, that Christ, our shepherd, He's a perpetual provider. I mean, he's going to provide for us uh, forever, always. A perpetual provider. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. What a beautiful intro. And so as we look in these three verses, at each verse, we're going to see Christ's role as our shepherd and then our reality because of that, because he is our shepherd, if we make him our shepherd. First of all, Christ's role. It's here that we're introduced to his role. The Lord is my shepherd. I want to look at those first few words by themselves. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And if you look, it's uh, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That is uh, to, to signify to us that this is the name Yahweh. Jehovah is what we call it. But the Hebrew self-revealed name of God to Moses at that burning bush. That's uh, when we first saw it, when God first spoke his name uh, to us, to his people. And it's yeah, that the Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh is my shepherd. A name for God, given to us by God. And usually, usually referring to the first person of the Trinity, God the Father. Not always, but usually. Uh, and 
Now, does it speak of Christ as well? I've already said, you know, Christ, our shepherd, a perpetual provider. And I'm going to argue that it does, uh, because Scripture does. Um, this psalm is not by itself. Psalm 22 uh, was showing Jesus Christ as our Savior. Psalm 23 shows him as our shepherd. Psalm 24 actually uh, also shows him as our sovereign. And so I have no doubt that this is about Christ. I also have no doubt that God the Father, who typically we understand as capital L-O-R-D, uh, Yahweh, that he is also our shepherd. There's, uh, there's, that's definitely true. Uh, he provides for us and he protects us, but it's through Jesus Christ that you and I have any relationship with him at all. Um, this psalm is full of, of pastoral imagery, not pastoral like me, pastoral like a shepherd, a sheep, uh, things like that. We have sheep, that's us implied in here. We have a shepherd, that's uh, who he's talking about here, right in the very first verse, and, and the shepherd and how he cares for the sheep. But in Middle Eastern culture, uh, the role of a king, not just in Israel, but throughout that, that culture, was uh, figuratively kind of viewed as fulfilling the role of the shepherd and caring for those people over which he reigns. And so for you and I, who is our king? We have one, King Jesus. Jesus Christ is our king, amen. Uh, you know, Lord, it does mean Yahweh. That's the self-revealed name of God for Moses. So I'm not saying it doesn't apply to God the Father, but we need to understand what Yahweh even means. And it means this, the one who is. It's got kind of two variations of what it means. The one who is, uh, who, who has no beginning and has no end. Is that true of Jesus Christ? what we find out in Revelation. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Uh, it also means the one who causes to be. Yahweh means the one who causes to be or the creator. Is that true of Jesus Christ? Yeah, it is. John 1, 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, talking about Jesus Christ, and the Word was uh, with God, and the Word was God. All right, and John 1, 3 uh, two verses later, it says, All things were made by him, by Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1.16 says the same thing, that Jesus is our creator. Uh, Hebrews 1, chapter 2, says the same thing, that Jesus is our creator. Jesus himself, in John 8.58, when he was uh, confronted by Pharisees as to his claim that he was greater than Abraham. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Uh, equating himself with God the Father. In John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. And at his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, something that's just fresh on our minds from what we meditated on and celebrated last week. In John 18, 5 through 6, it talks about the band of soldiers who come to arrest Jesus Christ. And they ask him, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And using the very same wording as the verse we just read prior, he says, I am. And when he says that, they fall back <laughs> onto the ground. Yes, Jesus Christ is our shepherd. Yes, God the Father is our shepherd. But Jesus Christ is our shepherd. There's no doubt about it. He identified himself as such. John 10, 11 to 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, before we look at that word shepherd, I want to take a quick look at that little word right in between there, my. What right does David or you or I have to call Jesus the king, my shepherd? I mean, what right could we possibly have it? Well, it's the preceding psalm that gives us that ability 
that gives us that right to call him that because he's our savior. In Psalm 22, that's what we learn. He's our uh, savior. He's a savior who redeemed us by giving his life for us. And he's a savior who rose for us. What we celebrated last Sunday is a savior who's returning for us. So we can call him our shepherd when he is our savior. When we've trusted him as savior, this is true of us. That's important because all of the comforting, uh, all of the faith-fueling promises in Psalm 23, they are only true for you and I if we know him and if we follow him, if we follow the Lord Jesus as my shepherd. So is this a reality for you? Do you know him? Do you follow him? Are you truly following him? If not, I plead with you to do so. And here's why. We're going to learn next week. We need that shepherd for protection. Yes, we need him for provision. That's what we're looking at this week. But we need him for protection too. There are valleys of the shadow of death ahead. Maybe tomorrow. And we need that shepherd. We need to be close to that shepherd. Can you say he is my He's my shepherd. Uh, shepherd. We'll look at that before we move on. That's from the Hebrew. Uh, roi comes from ra'ah. And the only reason I tell you that is it's really interesting. It's only used right here in Psalm 23. Um, and what's interesting about it is, like, um, I, I, we've got some policemen in our church. And uh, so we call them policemen, right, or law enforcement officers. Uh, but we don't uh, say, like, they are arresters necessarily or they are, um, you know, safers. They keep people safe. This is literally, literally what it means here. Uh, Ra'a means that uh, Christ is our to pasture us. Christ is our to graze us. That's what he causes us to do. It's so much focus is not just on, like, a position or an occupational title, but in what he does for you and I. The Lord is our shepherd. Now, uh, we're going to see that that's definitely what he gives to us in the next verse, or even in the second part of this verse. I know we spent a lot of time up, but do you know why I believe that's important? Because if we're going to love all these promises from the second part of verse 1 all the way through verse 6, we can only really appreciate them and, and grasp them and embrace them and make them real in our lives if we understand who our shepherd is. It's really important that we have a clear picture of Jesus Christ as our shepherd. So let's look at our reality, and that's the second part of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right, it's a KJV rendering. You know, if we just take that at face value, what it sounds like, man, I wish that was true in my life. Um, I mean, I wish I lived it out that way, that I didn't want anything. I and mean, what it really means, in other versions put it this way, is conveyed a little more clear in some of them. I don't lack anything. Uh, because the Lord. Because Jesus is my shepherd, I have everything I need. I'll always have everything I need. Uh, here in the King James says, I shall not want. Some of those newer translations, they say, I currently have everything I need, and I'm going to continue it because the verb is in a perfect tense, meaning it's already done. He's provided for me, and he's going to keep on providing for me. It has a continual impact. That's who our Savior is. That's who our shepherd is. So the emphasis of verse 1 is this. It's on Christ's role as our shepherd. And then with him as my shepherd, I've got a perpetual provider. He's not just a provider, but I mean, I'm going to have everything I need and I'm going to have it always. I don't lack any um, temporal or eternal good thing. And I won't lack ever any physical or spiritual need. I can count on Jesus. I can trust Jesus. And I'm called to do that 
always, because he's going to be a provider for me always, because of his role. This is our reality. Isn't that a comforting truth? Isn't that a great way to start out uh, kind of like a thesis statement for everything else he's going to tell us about himself and who he is for us in Jesus Christ here? We've got a perpetual provider. But secondly, we've got a plentiful provider. Look at verse 2. Look at where Christ, our shepherd, takes us. Look at what he gives us. He's not just a, a perpetual provider, always providing, but he's a plentiful provider, always providing us with good things. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. We already looked at John 10, 11, and, and what Jesus has given us. Will he always be there for me? Will he always give me good things? Well, here's your concrete proof, John 10, 11, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He's already given you everything. Of course he's going to keep doing that. You know, in our, our Sunday evening Bible study, in the last couple of weeks, we looked at Romans 8, 32, and how that's really the concrete foundation for the promise of Romans 8, 28. He who didn't spare his own son, how will he not with him also give you all things? God has given you everything already. You can trust that the rest of the promises in Psalm 23 are going to come through because he's a plentiful provider. Christ's role is to make us lie down in green pastures and to lead us beside still waters. That's our reality. I hope it is. Is it your reality? It's mine. Now, I don't always admit it. Sometimes I find myself complaining about the pastures I'm in and I don't realize how wonderful they are. Or uh, what I find most of the time is that I'm, God might make me to lie down in green pastures, but so often he brings me to them, and he's given me free access to them as much as I want, as long as I want, but often I'm too busy to lie down in those green pastures. You know, in Israel, uh, lush, verdant green pastures are present, but they're rare. Uh, and a shepherd has to lead the sheep to them. There's no way they're going to find them on their own. Shepherds do just that. Uh, but the picture here is they're lying down on their food. Uh, that's really what he's talking about. Uh, because they're satisfied. See, a sheep won't do that. A sheep won't lie down if it's hungry. We've got sheep here with tummies full. Our satisfaction is in Christ alone. He's the only one who can satisfy, and that's why he can make us lie down. Consistent contentment is what we have here. Calm composure, not worried about anything because we've got a shepherd who is a perpetual provider, he's going to always take care of us. And he's a plentiful provider. Do you ever lie down in the plentiful provision that he's given for you? Are you too busy? Sometimes too. You know, Jeremy Dallas, he's a member here. I'm not sure if Jeremy's watching uh, tonight, but he runs old Downey's Pest Control and he kills them termites, right? J. Vernon McGee said this about termites and linking them with busyness. He said, you know, you can be as busy as a termite. Termites are busy, aren't they? Jeremy probably knows better than any of us, but they're busy. But, um, you know, if you're as busy as a termite, you might also have the beneficial results that they have, which isn't any beneficial results. Um, See, activity and busyness doesn't always equal holiness. That was uh, Christ's message to the church at Ephesus in Revelation. You're busy, you're doing, 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 but you've left your first love. Uh, busy doesn't always equal 
holiness. It doesn't always equal righteousness. It doesn't always equal uh, good. God has given us a place of plenty and a place of peace where we can enjoy that. But so often, here's the thing, so often we're too busy to praise him by lying down there. We're too busy to display faith by lying down there and enjoying it, experiencing it and enjoying it. We're running, running, running. And so the thing is, when we won't do that, when we do the opposite of lying down in his provision, we're actually doing the opposite. We're not praising him. We're not displaying faith. Here's what I mean. Do you know why God gave us a Sabbath day? God gave us a Sabbath. He created it for us. Um, Sabbath was created by God, but it's not for God. That's what Jesus said. The Sabbath was for man. And you know why he gave us a Sabbath? He didn't need one. He didn't need a rest. And we, we need to, but here's why we need to. John Piper said this, setting aside a day of rest testifies to a very self-reliant world that it's not my work that defines me or my entertainment or my hobbies. That's, that's not what defines me. Um, that's not what saves me. Only my Savior defines and saves me. Only my Savior, my shepherd, defines and saves me. That's why we need a Sabbath. That's why we need to lie down to experience and enjoy God's provision for us. You know, um, God told his people Israel in Isaiah 30, 15, they have the same problem we do about being too busy, about sometimes equating activity with worship. And this is what he told them in Isaiah 30, 15, in returning and rest shall you be saved. And in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Verse 2 says, he leads me beside still waters. We've got plenty of raging torrents in our life. We're not going to find anything to quench our thirst there. We can only find it in Christ. He leads us to still waters. What is it that's said about still waters? Still waters run deep. They run deep. And the refreshment that God's provided us there in these deep still waters can only be experienced when we'll have a deep, intimate time with the shepherd. You understand he leads you to this pasture that's green and he leads you to these still waters because he wants to be with you there. He leads you there so he can be with you there. He wants relationship with you and he's provided it in Jesus Christ. That's where we're going to see the last uh, thing here in verse 3. Christ, our shepherd, is a peaceful provider. Peaceful, like F-U-L-L, full of peace. That's what he gives to us. Christ's role here is a restore. It's what it says. He restoreth my soul. That's what we celebrated last week in Jesus uh, death for us, a sacrifice for us on the cross, and his resurrection for us, so that by God's grace and through faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us, you and I can have a relationship, the relationship that God created us for. It's reconciled, it's restored, like it says, he restored my soul. And the King James Version I have here, it has a colon here, I like that because it means that what follows here in verse 3 is uh, it's the result of that first phrase. It's a result of the restoration. It's a result of that full peace that God has given us full access to. Christ, our shepherd, restores our soul because he sacrificed his life for us. But then he summons us. He summons us to follow him. We are led in passive righteousness for his name's sake. 
What does it mean to be led in paths of righteousness? It means that God has, he saved us so that you and I can live as God desires. So that we can uh, live as he designed us to live in obedience to him. For, for our good and for his glory. Christ, our shepherd, leads us there. That's our purpose. That's where we're going to find fulfillment. That's where we're going to find satisfaction. Freedom from sin and a freedom to live in obedience to God. Jesus made that way possible, and then he leads us in that way. We don't run ahead. We don't run off course. We've got a Savior who leads us. That's what he says in Isaiah 30, verse 21. It says, And thine ear shall hear a word, Behind thee, saying, this is the way. Walk in it. That's what God promises for us. If we don't know what to do, he'll tell us what to do. He's given us his word. He'll uh, explain to us what we need to do. Uh, and, and we need to be reliant on that word so that we can obey him. That should be our reality. You know, when we follow him, we get to experience uh, the path of life. He's leading us in paths of righteousness. That's a verse... Um, in Psalm 1611, that's a verse that's dear to us here at Dublin First Baptist Church. It's uh, kind of the verse under which our purpose is built. If you look on our website, if you look at our uh, informational brochures, uh, what our purpose is is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And we base that on Psalm 1611, where it says, you have shown me, David <laughs> proclaims, you've shown me, God, the path of life. You've shown me, God, what life is all about. In your presence is fullness of joy. In a relationship with you is where I'm going to find total happiness and nowhere else. And at your right hand, where Jesus is, at your right hand, there are pleasures forever. When we follow him, we get to experience that. God's design for our life are full of peace, peaceful restoration and relationship with God. Full joy, it's right here. Full peace, it's right here. Forever here. That's our reality with Christ as our shepherd. In that role as a shepherd of our lives. There's an old hymn uh, called, Why, Why Should He Love Me So? And it was on my mind last week during, um, during Passion Week and, and uh, as we thought about Christ on the cross. Do you ever ask yourself that, at least in, in meditation? Why should he love me so? And that one of the verses says, Nails pierced his hands. And his feet for my sin. Why should he love me so? He suffered sore. My salvation to win. Why should he love me so? And a song never really answers the question. I'm so glad verse 3 does. It does. It tells us why he restored our soul. And why he leads us in paths of righteousness. Why is it? For his name's sake. Why should he love me so? For his name's sake. Now you might say, I thought it was about love. Like, that's why Jesus died for me. That's why uh, he restored my soul. That's why he's reconciled me to relationship with God. It's true. He loves you. But he did it because of his name's sake. He did it for his glory. That's what verse 3 says. He wasn't going to let my rebellion against him be the last word. He wasn't going to let sin be the final word on his glory. Isaiah 43, 25 God says, I, even I am he that blotteth out your transgressions for my name's sake. And for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Isaiah 48, 9, for my name's sake will I defer my anger. Isaiah 48, 11, for my own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. 
for how shall my name be polluted? I will not give my glory to another. So yes, he restored our soul in love. There's no greater picture of that than the cross of Calvary. But you know what? I'm so glad he didn't just do it for love of me. He did it for his name's sake, for his glory, because I sure didn't have any. I sure won't ever have any. And that's such a blessed truth that's there in the end of verse 3. I was unworthy and I am unworthy, but thank God my salvation, my restoration, the promises of Psalm 23 are not up to who I am outside of Jesus Christ. They're not based on me. They're based on your name and the glory of your name. I've been restored because of that. And I'm being led in righteousness for that so that I can live a life to the praise of your name. I can live my life for your glory and point to you. And our question tonight from Psalm 23, 1 to 3 is this. Is Jesus your shepherd? Do you realize that in him you have everything you need? You have all you need, always. You know, temporal and eternal, physical things, spiritual things. Jesus is a perpetual and, and a plentiful provider. He is that. And we need to glorify him for those things. But are you taking time to experience, to actually experience, and then enjoy, to have full joy that he promised us in Psalm 1611, those green pastures and those still waters? If that time hasn't been what it should be, I'm going to ask you tonight, confess that. Confess that lack of regard for what he's provided for you, for what he's given you, and then commit, commit tonight to spend more time with him, to spend time in his word, listening to him, to spend time in prayer Speaking to him. He wants relationship with you. Enjoy that. Enjoy all he is for you in Jesus Christ. Are you following his lead in paths of righteousness like verse 3 said? You know, it says, for the sake of his name, he spent himself for you on that cross. And for the sake of his name, he's leading you so that you can follow him. He's restored your soul so that you can be peaceful, full of peace and joyful, full of joy. You're going to find that in him alone. There's no other source. There's no other place but our shepherd, but our savior. Uh, is there some area in your life where pastures look greener? They look greener over there and you've run off from your shepherd's leading. And if that's the case, I just encourage you to run back to him tonight. He's where you left him. He's got a green pasture for you right there. Still waters for you there. Run back to him and then stay. Stay there. Realize that satisfaction can only be found in him. For, for your good and for his glory, let's glorify his name. Let's exalt his name tonight. Let's worship him. Tommy's going to come.